Parsons. And I'm Shauna West. Welcome to the Creative Exponent Podcast. This is a place where we talk about discovering, upholding, and sharing your creativity. Welcome to episode eight of season two of the Creative Exponent Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about turning your creativity into a business and sort of the, I guess this is sort of the pre, this isn't like how to do it. This is like the things you need to think about before you take that step. So that's there are many be. facets that we will not cover today. Yeah, this is like just a when you're kind of people, I guess this is sort of for the people who hear a lot, hey, you should start a, you should sell yeah. those. You should open an Etsy shop. You should mm-hmm. do a craft fair. This is kind of for those people or people who have been creating as a hobby for a while and have yeah. thought like, hmm, maybe I, I should sell these. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or I wonder if I could hire yeah. out my services. So these are some things to think about that I think will help you know if you're ready and um, to get you going on the right foot. Um, and sorry, guys, lately we've missed a couple of our Tuesday podcasts because <laughs> one time we both had the flu and it was like, you guys did not want to listen no, to that. That was rough. It was not, <laughs> it was not good. <laughs> and I'm still coughing like weeks later. This is going mm-hmm. on like six, six weeks or eight weeks later. I'm still coughing and Sean is mm-hmm. still yep. dealing with congestion and all sorts of crazy things. Crazy times. Crazy, crazy. Yeah. And then last week, we did a creative retreat together. And at some point, we'll talk about creative retreats and why those are so important. Yeah. But man, it was good. Yes, it was. It was. I want to go back. There was not enough time. I needed about another week, you know, like a a week to brainstorm and then maybe come home for a week and go back for another week so we can, you know, make full, full intention plans. (laughs) So anyway, it's, um, but it is, it's so great to get away. So great. Yeah. Yep. It was really nice. It was a good combination of relaxing, doing some painting and playing around creatively, Mm -hmm. and then also just doing some work and brainstorming and stuff. I'm really excited about all of the things we have coming up over this year with the Creative Exponent. We have lots of fun things we're working on for you guys. Mm -hmm. So just to be vague, um, you know, and keep you like hanging on there. (laughs) That's right. So you have to keep listening. Stick with us and following us on Instagram so you don't miss a thing. (laughs) Okay, so turning your creativity into a business. So I think the first question we would say is you need to you need to ask yourself why. Is it because you actually want to, because people are, are telling you to? So I think these are some things that are um like maybe good reasons to there. I guess there are a lot of good reasons to start a business to turn your creativity into a business. But I would say these are some that are like, you know, these are some good benefits of doing that. And I think the first one and the obvious one is, is you get to make money doing something you really enjoy. Sure. And I think ultimately that, I mean, that's a quality of life thing. That's a, um, for some people, that's their dream, so it can be making a yeah. dream come true. And um, we've talked about this before, I think, here, that if not, then we should have, and we'll talk about it right now. <laughs> that, like, the way, you, the way you spend your day is the way you spend your life, ultimately. Yes. And so, um, and that's not my own, 
That's like a common saying. <laughs> sure, but so. it's also worth repeating. It's totally true. And we forget yeah, that. And f- we really do. We get, you know, wrapped up in all the things and we forget that, you know, the day-to-day, that's why we say a lot, you know, what do you want your day to look like? Because that's your life, you know? It, it's, it yeah. turns into your life. And anyone would know who's been like miserable in a job and I've have you ever been just miserable in a job that you were working yeah I've been total do you want to name the company and the all the people you worked for (laughs) no I (laughs) yeah there were there were times um when I was in the corporate world where I was just miserable I mean there was like All the jokes about Monday applied to me totally. Like oh, there would yeah. be a depression right. that hit. And then Friday, <laughs> Friday was like a party. I was yeah. so excited. Mm-hmm. Um, but then as Sunday night was creeping around, I was Anxiety. like, oh, yep. no. It's um, the worst. Yeah. So I've loved for the last 10 years, I've been doing, you know, blogging and furniture makeovers and you know, just kind of following my, my creative passions. Yeah. And, um, there, it doesn't come without stress. It doesn't come no. without anxiety or without problems or without, you know, that you need a break from doing the things you love all the time too. But, um, I'll say, I don't, I, I don't think once in those 10 plus years have I dreaded a Monday yeah. or felt like Friday was a big celebration. Mm-hmm. That's true. I'm glad. I'm glad to hear it. Yeah, most mostly, I think, you know, and when we talk about turning your creativity into a business, I would say it's important to note because we're, we're really talking about uh, the reasons why and why not. And, you know, but it is important to note it's not without, it is not without its own pressure and its own stress, especially mm-hmm. as, you know, as it grows and if it becomes something that you, you know, you leave your nine to five for, you know, of course, the financial pressure to produce enough, market enough, you know, do all the things enough so that you're providing, you know, income is is definitely a pressure. But, you know, it's, man, what a gift. I mean, you know, it's choosing between doing things that you love and, you know, things that just bring life to your life and not getting to do that, that's, you know, that's worth any of the trade-offs, any of the the pressure that does come with it. Yeah. I think that's important to note, though, because I think um, from the outside looking in, when people see like, oh, well, she just gets to paint all day or, oh, she yeah. gets to, she's just taking pictures and doing that. I think it's... um not maybe not giving credit for the overall like they're sure. still yeah. you know and for somebody thinking about doing it maybe thinking oh I'll just get to paint all day mm-hmm. and it's like yeah some days you will get to do that but you also have to run a business yeah. and yeah that involves like you know bookkeeping and not fun stuff and <laughs> accounts receivable <laughs> and accounts payable and sure. and marketing and branding and yeah. Um, you know, customer service. And very often and, you're doing the, all those things alone, you know, very often, or at least yeah. for a long time, you know. Yeah, so, yeah you can it's, afford it's to lot. hire out. <laughs> yeah. So I think there need, you need to be prepared for that. And um, and I think for those who look at it and are like, man, you just sit around and paint all day. Like, g- give them a little <laughs> wish, bit more credit. There's wish, a lot. It, wish it were that way. <laughs> There's a lot more going on than that. Yeah. Um, I think another reason is um, it provides some really good motivation because yeah. 
especially as your work becomes a little bit more known, you have mm-hmm. kind of customers waiting for the new launch or release. You have clients yeah. who want to hire you for their next project because they loved working with you the first time or you're mm-hmm. getting great referrals. Um, you have people following you if you're sharing on social yeah. media in any capacity or on a website. Um, and then plus there's there's the monetary incentive. So it just mm-hmm. kind of gives you good motivation to, to keep creating where um, if you're somebody who maybe did painting or photography or crafts or whatever yeah. before you had kids, before you had to, you know, go into the corporate world, go get a real job, mm-hmm. you know, all of that. Um, you know, and, and it becomes that it, it's not a priority. Doing yeah. your creative work isn't a priority. And we've talked yeah. about that before, just the importance of trying to fit it in. Mm-hmm. But if it's something you're making money off of, then you can, you can start yeah. making it more of a priority. It's, yeah. it's, it's um it's it's worthwhile anyway but it becomes uh, more obviously worthwhile I guess right. I would say yeah definitely and you know as you again I think as you move forward in it you know I will say since we're talking about turning your creativity into a business today specifically and sometimes we're talking about you know creativity and and creative work regardless of whether or not you own a business so I just want to note this that you know Keep in mind that as you move forward, you are, you know, you are developing not only the creative work that that you love and, you know, maybe it started as a hobby or just like marrying something you did before, you know, before you had kids or before you got a certain job or just certain things in life have happened. But, you know, it's, I think it kind of goes without saying, but it does, it does change. It does change the creative work itself. So since we're talking about do we start a business or not, you know, be aware of all the many facets that are going to come along with doing that. But what I would say that we both, I know, would say is the, the way you get to do this the most seamlessly and to test it out is to start completely small, you know. Um, and, and if we could probably give you one piece of advice in starting a creative business, it would be that. It would be start small enough that your your risk is so low that it's just worth the whirl. You know, it's worth a try to see how it goes, to see if it's something you want to continue to pursue. Does it make any money? You know, your risk is not so great that you are, you know, you're just devastated if it fails because it might be. It might be one of those things that's a total flop. And, you know, not only does that protect you you know, financially and your family, but it also, I think it's, it's just wise. It protects the things even that you love within whatever creative, you know, medium you're using. So if you love to paint or you love um, photography and you, you just take calculated risk in the beginning, you know, then you're not only protecting, you know, your checkbook, but you're protecting your work itself because it doesn't become this massive, you know, undertaking that's turned into, you know, a complete nightmare like that movie with Tom Hanks, you know, the money pit, the house remodel. (laughs) It's like it doesn't turn into this SNL skit, you know, so that's just something to keep in mind. But yeah, it is, it turned, that part is such a gift, the motivation that you do get from, Mm -hmm. you know, being able to make money from it, from, you know, having people follow along with you and, and share in the story and, 
You know, man, that was one of the things I loved the most about even opening the stores, which was several years after the the business started. But, you know, people loved uh, the behind the scenes and like, what what were we doing? What were we learning? What were we up to, you know, that we were not necessarily selling yet? And it was one of my most favorite things to share and still some of the most trafficked, um, you know, posts on the blog. And, you know, it's just, Mm -hmm. it was really motivating to get to walk you know, down that path with other people and, you know, connect to them in that way. And I don't know, it was, it was very motivating for me, for sure. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I, from the time when I, so I started my business about a year before I started the blog. Mm-hmm. And once I started the blog, I, I, I became much more prolific as a creative. Yeah. And it wasn't yeah. because then all of a sudden, you know, just like a light bulb went off. It was like, then I had, an audience to share it with. And I, yeah. I was creating with more purpose and intention. Yeah. So I was creating not just for myself or then not even just things to simply sell, but trying to create with some sort of um, yeah. a story behind it, whether it's, so maybe you're, once you start selling your work, you start creating collections, mm-hmm. you start um, creating for specific events, you start yeah sort of learning what's working as you share it with your audience. And it just allows you to create with a lot more intention, a lot more strategically. Um, And when I think when we feel a purpose to do something, there's a story we want to tell. There's something that we want to share. There's some important work that we want to get out Mm -hmm. into the world. I think that that, um, man, it just, when you're in that season, it's like Mm -hmm. things, things usually are pretty effortless And it's just a sweet time. I know for me, when I've had those times that are very purposeful creatively, I look back on as some of the best times, which probably that's what you were just, I think, talking about with the shop, that that was, you were so purposeful about that and you were sharing it with an audience. Yeah. And those things together just made it a really magical time. Yeah, it does. And magic is the right word because that's, you know, you can't describe it in highly analytical you know, terminology. Mm-hmm. It's not this, you know, it's not your balance sheet. That's, and that's the beauty of it. It's the part that's totally intangible, you know, that comes from, even if it's on a small scale, you know, even if we are talking about you making, um, you know, two frames or two wreaths or, you know, one dress, you know, being able to do that, to take uh, the creative work that you love and, you know, and sell it. God, it is just, uh, yeah, it's intoxicating. It's so mm-hmm. empowering to do that, even on a small scale, you know, and that's why we would both say in the beginning, you know, start in a small way so that it is mm-hmm. mostly just good. You know, it's it's extra. It's bonus money. It's bonus, you know, good vibes, all, all that stuff. It's not, It's not so tied to if I don't do this, you know, then we can't, you know, make our mortgage payment this month, you know, that's a, that's a hard place to start from. So, you know, especially if you've been accustomed to, you know, another job and, you know, bringing in income, you know, somewhere else. So uh, it's, but yeah, it's magic, you know, once you can, once you can do that. And then I think as we move forward in our businesses, you know, it's just like you and I have said many times, you know, our businesses are really similar and also very different. And they've taken us to very similar places and very different places. And Mm -hmm. 
it's really cool to watch and just sort of experience it all unfold and and get to start over again in those in those ways with different projects you know I guess for you what comes to mind is like when you started oil painting and that became this new a totally new journey, totally new mm-hmm. avenue, totally new product line, um, new passion. And it was something you were able to bring, you know, your your followers and your audience along with you. And, you know, it's it's always magic, even if it's just a new launch, a new, ha- a new hobby that then turns into something else. It's, mm-hmm. yeah, it's good stuff. It feels great. It does. Yeah. And talking about like, you know, sort of the not quitting your day job thing. I've heard, yeah. so in, in a lot of books that I've read about creative business, I've I've actually encountered quite opposite opinions on that. that yeah. There are some, there are some views that say you're, you can't really sell out to it if you're mm-hmm. not relying on it. Sure. And then I've heard other people say, you know, if you're a hundred percent relying on it, then it's, it's just going to be too stressful mm-hmm. and it's, you know, maybe you're going to even hamper your own success by putting yourself in sort of a desperate mm-hmm. position. So I tend to go towards that second view. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely. I, I see what people are saying that, you know, sometimes you do have to sell out to an idea, but I think intentionally putting yourself in a precarious place where you have to rely on your creativity or you're not going to eat or you're going to lose your house. That's just yeah. like, like unless unless you're at the bottom of the barrel already and there's yeah. just and nowhere just lower to go. Yeah. <laughs> like the, the only way you can go is up, then go for it. But sure. yeah, I, I think um, there's a lot to be said um, for people. And I had read, um, I'm trying to think of what, if it was in an article or in a book, but I had read, I think it was in the book Originals mm-hmm. by Adam Grant. Mm-hmm. Um that he, I think it was that he said statistically, people who remain in their day jobs are more successful than people mm-hmm. who just quit and you know kind of go for broke. So yeah, yeah. I think he was, I think he brought in that statistic as he was telling the story of Warby Parker in yeah. that book. Well, yeah, and it's you know that's a totally personal thing. So I, you know, neither of us would presume to say this is the right way for you, but it's you know, it's just worth considering. It's, it's worth yes. considering if you are, if you are thinking, okay, this creative work that I love and I share and people tell me I should sell this, you know, take a moment and think about, well, how can I do that in a way that would make me, because look, it's not just about losing money or keeping money <laughs> or making money. It's also about how can I do this in a sustainable way that will make me more productive, that will make me more energetic, that will make me more creative, that will make me a better salesperson, um, make me a better businesswoman or businessman. You know, you, you've got to consider all those things as you decide, you know, how you want to approach it for yourself and, and for your family. And that's going to be different, you know, for, for everyone. I know for mm-hmm. me, you know, at the time, my, you know, husband was bringing in you know, most of our income. So it was all right for me to kind of, you know, I had not been working. I'd been working from home and direct sales. So it was not a huge stretch for me to not have another job because I was already just bringing in supplemental, you know, supplemental income from direct sales. So, which, what a funny time, by the way. <laughs> Sometimes I forget <laughs> that I did that. <laughs> yeah. Man, it was yep. fun. It was good. 
it was good for a while. But yeah, so it was not a huge stretch for me to do that, you know, and it was not going to yeah. put us in a, a compromising place. And then, of course, you have uh, the things to consider as far as, you know, are you going to take out a small business loan? Are you going to, you know, operate only in cash? And I know how I feel about it, but, you know, everybody has different opinions on that too. So it's yeah. it's very personal. It, it's something that, that has to work for you and for your family. So in talking about like the why not, why should you maybe not start a creative <laughs> business? I think we really touched on that first one of yeah. um, that if you're currently relying on income that you're bringing in, yeah. there's no other income for the family or you're, yeah. you're not in a position where maybe you've saved up so you can give yourself a certain amount of time mm -hmm. to be able to do that. Um, or maybe there's just not enough space in your life. You're yeah. having to work full time or maybe you're being a full time caretaker to someone in your family and there's just yeah. really not, not space in your life. So I think you have to be realistic about that. Um, but Definitely. I'd say one of the things that would be my biggest, the biggest thing that you have to think through, it, which isn't a, really a practical thing at all, but um, when you turn your, create, your creative work into a business, you might kill that thing. <laughs> it might just, all love for it will dwindle because yeah. you become a a factory or you become, mm -hmm. you know, you have to make the same thing over and over and over yeah. again. Um, it, or you have to do the same thing over mm -hmm. and over again and you just might eventually get tired of that. Yeah. So I think what was that, that movie, there's that documentary you told me about with the rowers. I watched it. Yeah. Isn't it good? It's called losing sight yes. of shore. Yes. And, and it's you based talked on about that. Yep. Yeah, it's based on the Christopher Columbus quote, and mm -hmm. um, it's such a good documentary. I think it's on n Netflix. I want to say, yeah, I can't remember. Maybe Amazon. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. It's on. But, it's on one but of the those. Girl, one of the rowers in it, you know, and I can't remember. It may have been when we were filming videos for for our courses and just content that we'll be releasing later in the year. You know, I think we were talking about that. That yes, you know, did. one of the rowers just. You know, she, it just went from this passion that she had had since she was a little girl and it just, she never really, it made it so arduous and so, so much of a task and so much of a, an all day, every day, nonstop thing that she just kind of fell out of love with it, you know? Mm -hmm. And it was, it was hard to watch. It was, it was sad, you know, to see it her. Was. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. That so was what tough. they what they did is this this team of women. It was it was six women. It was incredible, and three of them rode the entire time, mm -hmm. and then one. I guess three of them just did one leg, and they yeah. rode from um, they rode the whole Pacific Ocean. Yeah, um, and they had two stops along the way where they could, yeah. and so they were just in this um, ocean, you know, ocean worthy crew boat yeah um with two rowers at a time and they would row two hours on two hours off yeah uh 24 hours 24 a day, hours a day. And it took them Man. several months and and most of them did you know they had high points and low, low sure. points but yeah that that one rower she she just got to the point she's like i i, I don't know that i can really do this hate again. rowing right now yeah yeah i don't ever want to row again as soon as i get off yeah. this boat so and they did i think at the end of the documentary they said that 
you know, she has found just other things other that she things. loves to sure. do now. And she's, and she's okay with that. So I think you can do that. And I think I've experienced that myself somewhat mm-hmm. after I've always loved furniture, like from yeah. even, even when I was a kid and we would mm-hmm. go to yard sales, yeah. I would look at the furniture and, yeah. um, I remember like taking pieces from our garage and moving them mm. into my room and stuff like that. <laughs> I mean, just weird, weird teenager that I wanted to have antique furniture. But anyway, and I carried that into when I got married. I wanted, yeah. you know, I loved going out to yard sales and finding furniture and refinishing it and painting it. And I'll tell you what, over the years, so that was like my main thing for many years. And over yeah. the years, I worked on thousands of pieces of furniture mm-hmm. and that's not like that's not an exaggeration that's no, it's like actually, actually true me too did I? actually true <laughs> and that's refinishing painting yeah. repairing upholstery slip covers all mm-hmm. sorts of things um and I just kind of it was about maybe three years ago I'm just like you know what just I'm really out. burnt out yeah on yeah. furniture, I'm just, I'm, I'm it's good. heavy, it's big to move, <laughs> you have to scoot it all the time. I'm tired of like bending over and working on it. My back yeah. hurts. Yeah. I was just ready to do something different. Something so, different. so I think it's just good to go into a creative business just knowing that, knowing yeah. that by the time I make my 5,000th Potholder, right? I I just might be ready to go some to try other direction. Yeah, different, right? And it's more about it's not that I think you necessarily have to wrap your mind around. Well, this may ruin this for me forever. I mean, I think if we all felt that way, we probably would never start, you know, right. a creative <laughs> business. But it's more about again, man, awareness is such a powerful thing. You know, it's just more about being aware that that is part of the process and that eventually, if you do it long enough, it will it will probably lose some of its shine, you know, and its luster yeah. and that's okay. And you'll probably need to, to shift gears or try something new um, or, you know, put a new spin on it so that you remain engaged and excited and energetic and it's not monotonous for you. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Yeah, I just awareness. I I agree. And I think being aware of it, it doesn't make it something that's scary. It makes it something yeah. that like you can pay attention to the cues and not yeah. get to the point where you absolutely hate doing something. <laughs> you you just can be close like close the doors and Right. Walk you away. can be like this this okay, it's time for me to pay attention to the yeah. fact that I'm I'm feeling burnt out. Do I just need a yeah. break or do I need to completely shift gears here? Um yeah. so that you can pay attention to that kind of thing. Cause I think that's also, it, I think you see that happen more in these sort of, you know, it's just one creative entrepreneur. Yeah. It's, there's no one it, other than maybe a spouse or a friend, or maybe you're on a forum or a part of a group or something, but there's like nobody to talk to about mm-hmm. this sort of thing. Whereas when you're in a corporation and you're having staff meetings and all you could, you know, somebody can bring up, Hey, I think, you know, I think maybe this aspect of the business is feeling a little tired mm-hmm. or we've noticed these sales numbers yeah. are down. So let's let's shift gears. So when you don't have that team of people and, and specialists who are just looking at one piece of it, yeah. uh, it can be easy to, to miss some of those subtle shifts that start to happen until it gets mm-hmm. to the point where it's like really critical. Then. We've hit it. We've hit the wall. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. 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 Um, I would easy. say another thing is, is why not is, um, 
is that creative um, endeavor, is it sustainable? Yeah. And I think that's an important question. So there are some things like obviously um, painting, taking pictures, writing, stuff like that. Like that's going to be sustainable stuff. It's not going to mm-hmm. run out. You can always buy more canvases and more paint yeah. and find new subjects to paint. So I think something maybe more specific, and I'm trying to think of, um, uh, let, let's say that you made something out of a very specific, rare material that you just happened to trip across. Mm-hmm. Like I bought, I one time bought a bolt of fabric out of this the back of this lady's trunk, literally. <laughs> it would not be, sust- I don't know where to find that fabric. People ask me all the time, where did mm-hmm. you get that fabric? I'm literally out of a trunk out of, of a car. car. <laughs> No idea. There's no markings on it. There's no way for me to get more of it or to. So if my whole business was built around making things out of this specific fabric, that's not going to be something that's sustainable. So, um, you know, maybe if you're selling flowers and you live in a place where the climate is not conducive to growing flowers, (laughs) you know, very often. (laughs) You get like one hour of sunlight extreme. a day. It is, <laughs> but I'm just—I'm just saying, like you have to think through. You is do. this sustainable? Because sometimes, yeah. and I've sort of put myself in that position before, yeah. where I'll create something out of these little antique pieces, mm-hmm. and I can only create two or three of them. Yeah, and, then and that's it. I'm like, well, I—I I can't do that anymore because I can't, you know, unless I yeah. just happen to come across another, yeah. you know another one somewhere along the line. So anyway, just make sure it's sustainable. Well, yeah, and Um, I think, too, a more subtle way that we see that and probably something, you know, or a subtle subtle aspect for you to consider as you are, you know, considering starting a business is to say, okay, how can I make this sustainable? So if it is these few things that I am making with, you know, and I even think about, like, your German glass glitter stuff, you know, like that's Mm -hmm. a highly specific, highly... Um, you know, a little bit difficult to get your hands on, you know, material. It's not something you're going to see on every, you know, shelf at Hobby Lobby or Walmart. So, you know, if you do make things that are a little more difficult to produce, you know, this goes back into branding and just business development and, you know, your messaging. But what can you, what are the big ideas that your business is made of, that your creative work is made of that translate into all kinds of mediums, you know? That, I think, is how we, especially as makers, can make business sustainable. What are our big ideas, our big, you know, just the big buckets? You know, what do we believe? What do we want to communicate? What do we care about? And how do we sell things that communicate those things, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think when you're considering those larger ideas, you're able to put yourself more in a position where you're trying new things within that big umbrella and that helps make yeah. it sustainable. So that's just something to to consider, even though I know we're in the yep. list of questions for why not starting. <laughs> no, but that's a good, that's a good point that the, the question, so if it's not sustainable, how can you make it that way? Yeah. Is there a way uh, to make it Because sustainability can also just be your, your own time. That can come yeah. back to the time issue. Like you yeah. don't have space in your life to make you know to be able Mm -hmm. to create something 
um, at a rapid enough pace to yeah. make it something that you can sell. So mm-hmm. it can be looked at from a few different angles, but that's a good question. Is this sustainable? Is this going to be a good business model for me to build build this around? Yeah. Um, and then another reason not to is like, you just want this to stay a hobby. And I think that there are some people who sort of get, you know, I wouldn't say push, but sort of get, um, you know, they're, they're asked so many times about selling mm-hmm. their work that they finally just, just do, do it. it. And, yeah. and it's not really, le- it's not a passion. It's not really what they want to mm-hmm. do. It's like, hey, I just like making these things for people yeah. and, and just leaving it at that. And that's okay. Yeah. So uh, if you just want it to stay a hobby, then um, don't don't give in to that pressure to yeah, that's okay. make it into a business. Just let it be a hobby and that's okay. Yep. Correct. That is important, yeah. especially now where everyone shares everything and makes things and does, you know what I mean? Social yes. media. Yeah. Oh, it's just a big, it's just easy to get, yeah, get roped into it, just kind of fall into to doing something. And it's just, it is totally okay if you say, you know what? I like my nine to five job where I just punch in and punch out and I get a good paycheck with great benefits. And I like that. And that, that security is worth this to me. And I'm going to take pictures on the weekends and that's what I like, you know, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. There is nothing, nothing wrong with that. So yeah, yeah, I just, you can be, you can be a talented, gifted, purposeful artist Without having to, to start a business, work. yes, you just can be. Yeah, that's okay. You sure can. Yeah. Um, In case you, you that, know, that might be another permission. why not is health health insurance, <laughs> right? Health insurance that is a big one, by the way. It's a big one. Yes. It is. That's a huge amount. It's like there's your once you once your business starts being profitable, it's like all of it goes to health insurance yep. until you know, gosh, yep. it's so expensive. So, um, man. So yeah, there's a lot to consider with that. So. Anyway, anything else you want to say about that? <laughs> Not really. Just I would tell you uh, if you're considering it, because I remember before it was a thing for me, you know, it was just an idea and just a thought mm-hmm. and kind of a, I don't know, a pull, you know, a pull within myself. I would just say, sit on it, you know, take a minute, don't be in a hurry and you know, yeah. and ask all these questions, which this is not the only session, you know, I would say or episode, you know, to listen to. There's listen to all of them because I wish, you know, I had listened to that many before. But, yeah. you know, it's it is if you start small, I will tell you this, if you start small and manageable, there's almost nothing that you can't try, you know, to see. Yeah to see if it'll work, you know, and that is worth the time it takes to get yourself in a position to be able to do that. And when you can do it that way, there's no telling what's going to happen because you're not putting yourself in a really uh, scary and rigid position. You know, you can try it and see how it goes and you never know what it can lead to. So, Yeah, Yeah, when it's just you, you can be very agile and just kind of, adjust as you as you go definitely Mm -hmm. and I think um both of us would say like we're in favor of turning your creativity into business but I think it's important to think through some things first some of these things that we talked about just to make sure like am I ready maybe this is something I want to do but I'm not Mm -hmm. ready yet or maybe this is something I want to do but 
Yeah, I haven't really thought through some of these things. Yeah. Um, is it sustainable? Is it? Do I have space for it in my life? Am I ready to take on all of the business side of the business that comes mm-hmm. along with it? Yeah. Um, because what gets discouraging, and I've seen this happen, is that people get this idea, they're excited about it, they want to start a business, and then they start to come across some of these things, and it feels like resistance it feels like a closed door it feels like they weren't they weren't ready for it they weren't prepared for it so then they don't do it they just kind of let it fizzle out let it you know it's an idea that was half started and Mm -hmm. then I think those can start to feel like failure even though they're even though they're not yeah they're not but it feel it can feel like well I tried and I failed and Mm -hmm. and we just don't want that for you we want it to be that if if you're ready to do it that you kind of go into it with your eyes open Mm -hmm. and um so that doesn't happen so you have that excitement and it doesn't get taken away when you yeah um you know, when you have to shift gears or you fill out a spreadsheet, right? Have to write (laughs) the business was death is death by spreadsheet, right? (laughs) Which no doubt can totally, totally have. Uh, That was one of my biggest fears when I started a business was uh, having to like manage inventory and taxes, like things that were very detail oriented number stuff. I'm just like, I just that will suck my soul Mm -hmm. out. I cannot do it. So Mm I've found ways to do business without having to, um, well, with keeping, I'd say, very, very minimal spreadsheets. Yeah, yeah. So, and there's so many great apps now that you don't have to keep spreadsheets. Right. If you don't. If you're not that's if you're not that sort. <laughs> so right. anyway, all right. The creative contraption for today, actually, it's so we've shared the Wanderings notebook before. Both Sean uh-huh. and I love it. We've turned a lot of people on to it. Yep. But I bought the pocket version of it. You okay. can get them on on Amazon, and it's the same deal. It's a little leather one with a little elastic band, and it, okay. you can put three different inserts in it. They have lined, bulleted, and blank. And I bought the little pocket one so I could carry it around in my purse. Uh-huh. And I have enjoyed that one every bit as much as I What size is it? One. Like four by six, five by seven? Like how how's pocket? I think it's like, a, I want to say maybe a three by four. Uh-huh. It's, okay. re, it's small. small. It really yeah. is. Like if you think about kind of the average Fun. size of a pocket on a pair of jeans, mm-hmm. it, it would fit in that. Um, and you could only have one insert in it if you want it to be even thinner and lighter. Yeah. But, um, but Man, yeah, I it's love just a, fun size things. Yeah, <laughs> I do love it's little so miniatures. teeny, mm-hmm. and it still works. It still works the same way. The paper's the same. Um, so it's refillable. You yeah. just buy the refills. You don't have to buy a whole new notebook. Man, I do and, love that about those notebooks. Yeah, and it's I find like. I just find I'm writing more things down. I'm doing little random sketches. Mm-hmm. Um, anytime I'm just kind of sitting around, it just it's just a nice little thing to carry around. So there you go. We'll share that on our um, we'll share that on our Instagram feed and all of that, so that you're able to see it and link to it. But you can get them on Amazon if you just okay. search Wanderings Notebook. They have all different sizes, different, like the yeah. A5 yeah. size. The they've got kind of a what is ours like in it's not quite an eight by 10, right? It's kind of a... It is bigger than that. It's sort of oh, like a is. seven okay. by 11, you know, like yeah. seven and a half by 11. You know, it's yeah. it's skinny, but tall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's a big, good... If you yeah. want to use it on your desk, it's a big, mm-hmm. good size. So, um, so that's our creative contraption for the day. And what we're going to talk about in our next episode is 
saying no to yourself because, (laughs) man, (laughs) editing is so powerful and it's hard. I think we do a great job editing other people and not always, you know what I mean? We can look at people and say, yeah, this, this was not a good idea for you. But we, it's hard to do that for ourselves. So we're going to talk Especially about... Especially if you're creatively promiscuous like us. <laughs> I'm just saying, we are, you know? And it's yes. just like, you creative have to floozies. learn. <laughs> yes, creatively promiscuous. I did say that and I own it all the way. It's just like, I'm always thinking, okay, what's the new thing, you know? And I know yeah. people look at me sometimes, because I would too. If, it, if I were not this way, they look at me and think, what else can you add to your list of to-dos or, you right. know, a, I don't want to say accomplishments, that's the wrong word, but like endeavors, you know, what you, yeah. what you set forth to do. How, why something else? And I just can't help it, man. That's all I know to tell you. So yeah. editing becomes, learning how to say no to yourself becomes really, really, really important. <laughs> If you're like yeah. us. So. Yeah. I think especially, you know, talking about what we're talking about today, especially if you're going into business, because it's yeah. like, if you're not, if it's just for you, sure. then really it's just like a time and resources thing. If it's, if it's professionally, then man, it can just get real confusing for everybody yeah. who's trying to try to follow <laughs> along with you. Like, wait a second, what, what? is she selling now? Or no. what is she doing? It just doesn't seem to fit. So anyway, we'll talk about that. Saying yeah. no to yourself and kind of editing in order to keep um you know I guess keep your keep your branding keep Mm -hmm. your ideas just a little bit tighter and and keep them in focus to make sure you're always looking at how things relate so right so we'll be talking about that (laughs) next week thank you for listening to the creative exponent podcast our original theme was written by a walker spring and recorded by ellie swope and johan wagner And if you like The Creative Exponent, please subscribe and leave us a review. You can find us at www.thecreativeexponent.com. And you can also send us an email at hello at creativeexponent.com.